If I were to title this morning's sermon, it is The Joy of God's Favor. Um, as I've told you in the past, often titles are very difficult for me, and often they mean nothing. Um, I've often uh, threatened to do like one word that is only found once in the sermon, because that's, uh, you know, so you can look for it, but I figure you guys pay attention very well already, so I don't need to do that for that. But we've lit the uh, fourth candle, which means we only have one left, okay, in Advent, and that's representing the peace of God. And I hope when you come in these doors, and I hope when you fellowship among one another, and when you sit in church, and especially as you leave, you feel a renewed sense of the peace of God. I've said it before and you'll hear it from me again. Everybody longs to be at peace with God. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. Consider the words of the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all mankind. What a declaration that was made when on the announcement of the birth of Christ. And on earth peace to all mankind. If I were to ask any of you, when's the last time we've had world peace? probably could not recall it all right isn't that every miss america pageant you know what what do you long for world and world peace don't forget that every that's like a requirement if you don't say that you're not going to win but anyway but but that's you know world peace is something that people have been looking for and it's only found in jesus christ now no one can deny and, and i'm ready to not talk about it but that 2020 has been a little unsettled um, and that might be an understatement, and intentionally so. We find today, in my estimation, a lot of what I would call numbness going around. People are just numb. There's so much information, disinformation, feelings, rhetoric, compounding, and then your own feelings, that I find people just kind of almost um, zombie-esque. Uh, not the real zombies, but... but um, you know, I just feel like it's, it's just, you see that. And it's because people need to have hope, they need to have joy, they need to have peace that only God can give them. Now, not only has this year been challenging and confusing, confusing, but I think we enter a season, though it's joyous and exciting, that we're almost done with. How many of you are like, whew, we're on the last stretch of Christmas season, right? And we don't want to feel that way, because it's hard for me to believe that Friday is Christmas. I'm like, what? It's already here? <laughs> But it's here, and I, and I don't want to miss the opportunity to enjoy family. I don't want to miss the opportunity to celebrate Christ with all of you. But it's easy for us to go, we're almost to the finish line, and we can get there. 2021 has to be better. But now we enter this season, and it might be tiring, but it is also filled with loneliness and depression. Even the believer, the one who knows the true reason we celebrate Christmas, the person who waits in expectation, can find themselves struggling with depression and loneliness. Now, if you grew up like I did, um, uh, in the church especially, you can't, I was taught you can't be a Christian and be depressed. By the way, that's a lie. I just want you to know that. That's a lie. We still are, are in these bodies of flesh that are a real thing that we have to deal with. And some of that things we have to deal with are feeling low and feeling lonely. On a side note, if you know someone who has been isolated due to the pandemic or any other reason that they're isolated, please pray for them first and foremost, but also don't just leave it there. If you can contact them, reach out to them. A two or three minute phone call could mean more than you ever know. But our world 
if you would really be honest, places value on things and on people. That person on the television, that person on the movie screen, or streaming now, um, that government official, are people that are often viewed as more valuable than others. Just consider the pecking order for the vaccination recipient. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying we had to value people, right? We had to say these are the most important people that need to get this first. We place value on people. The culture that we live in relentlessly pours propaganda that tells us that our worth is found in finances, our worth is found in material gain, our worth is found in power and position, and it makes it what, what it looks like on the outside is what's important. We've been doing, going over the ninth commandment in, in Bible study, and we talked the last couple, couple weeks about covetousness. And the world is feeding our ability to covet. And we didn't need any help. But they're really helping us covet. We need to be aware of that. The clothes that we wear, the houses we live in, the number of extracurricular activities we're involved in, and the toys that we have. Now, when you're in southeast Idaho, the recreational gateway to recreation everywhere, people like their toys. I saw a guy driving in his trailer with a boat like two days ago. I'm like, dude, it's ice fishing time. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, got confused. Must have been from out of town. I didn't look. But, but the toys that we have bring us value, and, and they also distract us because you have to maintain them. But uh, it's okay if you have a boat, by the way. I, I know I might want to get a ride on it one of these days. But, but people continually have this false sense of value or importance. Have you ever felt like you are a hamster running on a wheel and you just can't seem to get off and all you're doing is going nowhere? I think we find that in our lives. We find that in the seasons of our lives where we're just, am I doing it? Where are we going? What are we, what, what, this is all for nothing. Many of us feel this way. God wants to change how we feel by changing how we view our life. And it also changes how we view the lives of others. We read in the gospel this morning that Mary was greeted by the angel Gabriel and Mary was called favored one. Greetings, O favored one. The angel quickly clarifies why she is the favored one. Because the Lord is with you. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. I want us to know that this is the proclamation upon each one of us who are God's children. Each one of us who have received the free gift of salvation in Christ, we should hear the words from the Holy Spirit saying, Rejoice, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Be careful to not believe the lie of the world, the enemy of your soul, or the flesh that tell you that you're not loved, nor are you favored by God. In the Christian culture, a lot of times we blow it, right? We make some mistakes and we feel, oh, well, now God doesn't love me anymore. Or how can you still love me after I keep doing this? That's a lie from the enemy. And it's constant. We think, oh, man, I'm not worth it. Jesus thought you were. Doesn't, doesn't exalt you, it exalts him, but Jesus thought you were worth something. The challenge that we have is that we easily often, at least for me, believe the favor of the Lord for others. But we have a ta- hard time apprehending that truth for ourselves. I would like us to encourage one another to look at one another as the favored ones of God. Remember on, uh, when we celebrated the saints... Uh, several weeks ago. There are churches that practice saying, calling each other saint that day. Well, I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I am encouraging you to say, Lord, help me to look at that person as a favored one of God because you were with them. That might change um, how I treat my wife, I hope. Um, now she's going to hold me accountable for that. No, 
know. <laughs> Goes both ways, sister. No, just anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but, but my thing is, is that, that you know, if, if God would help me change my mind to look at all of you and others as the favorite one, even those who are outside of Christ for the moment, who don't know the free gift of salvation, God still favored them and wanted peace on the whole earth and made a way for that to be possible. The Lord is near. Our challenge comes from our constant focus on ourselves and the distraction of people's protected personalities. We protect what people see. Even in a a long-time marriage relationship, we still try to sometimes protect how we're really feeling. It is difficult to believe that someone else is favored by God when you do not feel favored or if they do not act in a way that we feel is becoming. Well, that person looked at me wrong at church. They didn't even talk to me. Well, they're not a favored one, right? I mean, that's kind of what... We're so weird, right? We do that. But understand, there is a direct correlation, however, to how much time we spend in fellowship, fellowship with one another, and fellowship with the Lord in His Word and prayer, to whether or not we believe the words of God and His proclamations concerning us. Many of you know, how do you memorize something? Well, put three by five cards, you write it down, and and you practice it, and you practice it, and you practice it, and you practice it. And eventually, you know that there it is. Like the... the, the, um, I used to teach Starbucks, uh, some Starbucks classes, and back then, um, their mission statement was, was to be the premier purveyor of the finest coffee in the world by maintaining our uncomp- uncompromising principles as we grow, right? I practiced that so that that could be the culture that we built, so that everyone would know it. But it's not like I read it once and knew it. There are a few people I know who could do that, whatever. But <laughs> don't show off. If you're that person, don't tell me about it, okay? I was feeling okay. But, but the reality is, is we practice it. And I want to encourage you to practice spending time in God's Word. Practice, maybe it's a year of, of looking up the promises of God and writing them down and putting in places where you know you're going to see them. The refrigerator, the mirror. Those are the two places that you're going to see it. Uh, you know, uh, the dashboard of your car, not the windshield, but the dashboard of your car right? Um, you put things in there that remind you how valuable God thinks you are. That you would believe what God has to say about you, that you can rejoice because you are the favored one. And I encourage you to ask this year as it's coming up. I would encourage you to do this even if it's not a new year, but Lord, how can I spend more time with you? Maybe there are some here that to step on some toes. I'm not saying this is you that don't even desire to spend time with the Lord. You're just here, hey, I go to church, and you know something's not right. You're like, I should desire, but I don't really want to desire. I, I purposely don't look at anybody when I speak to sure things like this. But, no. but you don't want to desire or something. And I would just say, you know, acknowledge it, repent, and allow the Spirit to restore you and to inspire you to spend more time with Him. So we, we, we proclaim that others are favored of God because the Lord is with them, but we still wrestle with believing it for ourselves. So you need to understand this, that on your own, you cannot have, nor can you receive the favor of God. But God freely gives his Holy Spirit to you who have received the gift of forgiveness of God in Christ. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you. And the spirit that he has given you testifies that you are the child of God. 
We need to spend time listening and hearing that. I want us to consider the account of the baptism of Jesus. And I want us to make this correlation this morning because I think it's very important for us. Something I've said for years is the problem in the church today is we have an identity crisis. We don't know who we are in Christ. And so I want us to really understand this. When Jesus came up out of the water, the spirit like a dove alighted upon him, and the voice of the Father proclaimed, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Please make this connection. The Apostle Paul explains that it is no longer us who live, but that Christ lives through us, and the life we live, we now live by faith in the Son of God who loved us enough to ransom us from the pangs of death. The Apostle Paul also explains that we are hidden in Christ. So if God proclaimed over his son that he was well pleased with Jesus and our life is hid in Christ, those words are pronounced over every believer. Those words are pronounced over you. You don't have to wait someday to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because those are spoken over Christ. Our life is hid in Christ. Guess what? It's been said over you. You can rejoice because you are a favored one of God. The Lord is with you. This is why I believe baptism is important. In baptism, we are assured of the forgiveness of sins. In baptism, God proclaims that he has made you his child. In baptism, the grace of God floods over us, and we realize that through Jesus Christ, we have been brought from death to life. That's the symbolism, but it's also the reality that we are raised with Christ. And so we can look to baptism and go, I was raised with Christ. And my life is no longer my own. I am dead to sin. I am hid in Jesus Christ. We now know the favor of God rests upon us because the Lord is with us. So if you're here this morning, and you are, I see you, out there too. And you have trusted in the complete work of Christ for the forgiveness of sins, please hear the words of God. Rejoice, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, maybe you're unsure that these words are being spoken over you. I've had times in my life, even, even though I, I received um, a, a knowledge of Christ and a forgiveness of sins at a very young age, I knew I was a sinner and I needed a Savior, and so I asked Jesus, please, forgive me. But there are still times in my life because of my choices and because of the battle between the flesh and the Spirit that I don't feel like these words are being spoken over me. So maybe you feel that way this morning. Maybe you feel distant from God. Or maybe even there are some here we don't want to assume that have never really believed in Jesus. Jesus longs to forgive all of you of all of your sin. He longs to make you new. He desires nothing more than for you to experience the freedom of life in Him. And to hear the words, rejoice, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And I pray that when you gather together, like we do on Sundays, that you come and you go, okay, whew, I'm still in, right? <laughs> you, know that, you know that God is with you and you can go out there. And I want you to feel that way as you leave this place. I want you to be reminded of that every moment of every day that the Lord is with you and I'm highly favored by him. Not because of anything that I've done, because everything that I do is worthless, 
But everything that I do that is inspired by the Holy Spirit has eternal ramifications and it has glory that goes to God. And for that, there's great purpose and the favor of the Lord rests upon me because my life is no longer my own. It is hid in Christ who is seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places. And all the, the spiritual blessings of the heavenly realm are mine in Christ. Jesus has done all the work. You are saved by grace through faith. And that faith is a gift from God, right? There's sometimes like, I got to have more faith. No, you just got to say, Lord, please increase my faith. Because no act of the will or volition to create faith will ever happen. It has to be gifted to you. So say, Lord, I know I need more faith. Give me more faith, please. Please do not leave this morning without hearing the words spoken over you because of Christ. Rejoice, O favored one. The Lord is with you. We get an opportunity this morning to partake of communion. And when we gather at the Lord's table, the real presence of Christ is there in the body and the blood, the bread and the cup. And we know that his gifts are there. And that, and that act of communion as we're partaking of that, he's telling you, I'm assuring you of your salvation. You are forgiven. I'm giving you strengthening of, of your faith in this moment. That we would come with that expectation that I'm meeting with the real Jesus in this moment. And he is pouring his blessings out upon me. If you don't feel worthy of communion, um, you probably need the communion. If you're like, oh, I'm just so un uh, unworthy to go there. Well, you are, just so you know. We all are. But that's not why we go to communion. We go to communion because the gifts of God are available. The very real presence of Christ is there. And he wants you to know how greatly favored you are. And that you can rejoice. And I pray that we would experience greater joy because we know that we are in God's favor. And that we would encourage one another. Hey, rejoice. You're a favored one. You're, you're daddy's favorite. You can say that about all of us, right? Did you ever do that as a kid? I'm daddy's favorite. You know? Or you didn't say it, but you knew. Okay, you know, right? But that we would feel that way. That the, the love of God is beaming down upon us and, and we can rejoice because we're highly favored. So let's take a moment. Maybe we need to just repent of our, our stinking thinking, right? We have some bad attitudes. We've got some wrong thinking. We haven't believed that we're loved by the Lord. We haven't believed in the efficacy of, of the Lord's Supper and the forgiveness of sins. Maybe we just need to take a pause and go, Lord, I just need to breathe in the peace that you give me and the joy that comes from that. And I can't wait in anticipation to receive and be assured of my faith. And I can't wait to go out and proclaim to the world that you are God. So let's just take a moment and reflect upon that. I